Well, hello everybody and welcome uh, to this December 27th, post-Christmas Sunday. It is really good to be with you celebrating this Christmas season. Long may the season continue. I love the fact that Christmas is a season, not just a day. Uh, it's got 12 days, so let's enjoy each one of them. Let's not throw these trees away. Let's, let's stay here in Narnia. Um, and I will, I will hopefully not die of cold. Uh, uh, the Wicked Witch has gone and Aslan is in charge, so we're all, we're all good here. The temperatures are, are steady, sort of 20 degrees, so I think we're all right. I, I wanted to talk to you from the book of Haggai in the Old Testament, near the very end of the Old Testament um, today. And I suppose talking about winter, the, the, the theme that is often on our minds at this time is, is the, the slowing down, the closing down, um, the, the, the frost and the, the way that autumnal winds and uh, temperature drops uh, cause uh, plant life and forests and, and all kinds of life to, to sort of still to a, to a stop. And in many cases, even hibernation as creatures go into dark places and kind of curl up and barely maintain a heart rate through these freezing months. But for the sake of emerging again with life and uh, spring begins to put on its annual show and we see, we see the recovery, we see the fight back, we see the, the resurgence, the revenge of life as it breaks out. 2020 as a whole year has had a, a feel of winter, you could say the strange summer that we so enjoyed on some levels, but so didn't enjoy on others, where we, we were felt, felt the limitations, we felt the, the immobilization of it. And we were reduced throughout the whole year to a, a slightly more wintry existence where everything felt like it was in hibernation. And that's gonna carry on in, in some degree uh, before the impact of widespread vaccination will still feel this strangeness of this season for a while to come. But I wanted to talk to you today about the very simple teaching of this book, that the living God is in charge of it all. He's not, he's not out of control. He's not lost his capacity to sovereignly supervise all of the elements of the universe, all of the tiniest particles right up to the huge affairs of galactic movement, as well as the affairs of state and culture on our own planet. God is directly supervising it. God is in sovereign control. God brings about seasons of slowdown. God does it deliberately. God does it with springtime in mind. We had a remarkable time a few months ago when we were praying together socially distanced uh, in one of our venues as elders across the church. And one of uh, the brothers in the room prayed and then began to prophesy. He said he, he saw this image of a house, which was a beautiful, wonderful place of dwelling for a, a contented family who were then told that they, they needed to move out of the house while it was uh, refurbished and uh, reconstructed. And so they had to kind of get out of the house and move to temporary lodgings across the road. Meanwhile, their own house was smashed to bits, <laughs> deconstructed, 
uh, from the top to the bottom. And in fact, literally to below the bottom because it wasn't just a, a refurb on the superstructure, but the very infrastructure, the, the foundations themselves needed to be taken up and relayed, taken up and relayed. It was actually a very vivid picture for some of us because our biggest venue, the Clarendon Centre in the middle of the city, has been faced on the other side of the road all through COVID by a massive demolition and reconstruction project taking place. Some of you who may remember this particular venue might remember there's a building opposite, not such a tall building, but with a large kind of back to it, and it has been smashed to bits and it's been becoming uh, I wouldn't say a building site, it's become kind of a crater. It's, it's sort of empty and void. And it's now for weeks and even months been kind of a, a site where lots of cranes are at work, diggers are at work and all kinds of rearrangement of the territory, of the landscape is taking place as they prepare to lay down what I can only imagine will be absolutely massive foundation blocks for a superstructure that will be a massive tower block in years to come. That's what happens sometimes. You watch it happen sometimes from across the road. In our friend Mike's prophetic picture, he saw this family across the road watching it happen to their own house while they were in temporary lodgings and wondering when they were gonna to get to go back into their own house when it's been redone, all prepared, all readied up for them in this new exciting chapter of their life. But meanwhile, they're stuck in these strange lodgings that they don't seem like home. It's not where they're used to dwelling. Really, that's how 2020 felt, didn't it? That's how life feels now. The fact that you're in church in your living room right now or wherever you are. The fact that we've done so much of our lives through technology. It's not my preference, probably not many of yours either. It's, it's way less than the, the perfection and yet it's been necessary. It's been part of our journey. It's been living across the road. It's been temporary lodgings. It's not what we would choose, but it's what you sometimes put up with while you wait. But of course, the image that Mike Spence was sharing was a very positive one because what we're waiting for is something truly wonderful, something truly fitting, something appropriate, something Beautiful, something we will so enjoy moving into. And it made me think, it has made me think of places in scripture where similar stories are told. And, and this book of Haggai in the, in the Old Testament is a description of God's people trying to reconstruct the house, the, the building, the temple in Jerusalem that had been smashed to bits, de deconstructed by the Babylonians years before. They come back in and they try to get this thing rebuilt, reassembled. They start from scratch and they get going, building the house of the Lord. And it's a tough, arduous, sometimes disappointing process. They look at what they've built and they think, is it even that good? Are we even that pleased with this thing we've been yearning for and looking forward to? And it's into that context that God gives this promise that has uh, resonated through the centuries ever since amongst the people of God. Thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations and the treasures of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace. 
declares the Lord. When you're in this season of COVID, you struggle thinking, what can God possibly be doing that's useful through it? In this time of deconstruction and reconstruction and waiting, I can think of a few things. I think actually for many of us, it's been the year when we've taken the most strides in our own personal walk with God. The, the inability to gather in person has forced us back onto our own individual prayer lives, our own individual devotional lives in the book. We've had to. He's forced us. He's, he's weaned us into a, a slightly more devoted and richer level of engagement with him in our own closet, if you like. That's a good thing. It's a good thing, perhaps, if a chess player loses his or her queen just for the part of the game where they're really building a strong rest of the board and then queens a pawn, in other words, creates a new queen later in the game to wipe up and win the whole thing. I think that's what God's been doing with us. It's probably not the first time you've heard it, that idea, but I think it's a good idea. Sometimes God will take away the thing that we most prize in order to build up our muscle in other areas. And your self-feeding as a Christian, long may it continue to grow as it has this year. Let's go through the Bible again this year. What, again? Yeah, again. You're going to be doing it till you die. Keep getting into this book. This is your life. It's what you live by. It's your living bread. It's your daily bread. Every day, let's grow in our, de our dependence on it, our ability to glean from it, to feed on it. I wonder if another area where God's been working our muscle this year is in family life. I appreciate not all of us are in families in the sense that I'm referring to it. Some of us are very uh, estranged and uh, uh, not, not connected with our families in any meaningful way. But for many who are, this has been a year where those relationships have been tested, pushed, pressured, and sometimes borne fruit in very important ways. The, the, son, the, the hearts of the sons have returned to the fathers the hearts of daughters to their mothers and vice versa. It's been beautiful in some stories I've heard how God has worked in families under one roof this year. And I wonder if that could have happened in the way it quite has without COVID. I think God's used it. Certainly, I could say something about that from my experience. Sadly, in the wider culture, the story has been often very sad. Divorce rates have gone up through 2020. Isn't it interesting that when the storm comes, you start to see what a house is built on. The storm has come to all of our houses. But for many who've turned to Jesus and trusted Jesus, our relationships, tested as they've been, painful as they've sometimes been, have often won through in a precious and exciting way that we can celebrate. Third thing, our general relationships, it's not just families. <laughs> we are a family, right? And our relationships are a big priority for Jesus. When he looks at his church, what's he always talking about? Please remember to love one another. He keeps saying it. This is my commandment, that you love one another. A new commandment I give to you, love one another. Jesus was always insistent on it. We as a church have got to keep learning and learning and relearning, going back to basics as a church. How do we learn to really love one another? Oh man, have we got stuff to learn on this. And actually, we've been learning. I've been learning a lot. I think we as a church, we as a team of leaders have been learning a lot about that this year. It's become a little bit more tense, a little bit more pressed in. We've had to just work hard on having loving, forgiving, kind, gentle, forbearing, patient relationships. And we want to talk about that. We want to teach about that and try and be open about what we're learning. 
In fact, the whole of the spring term, January through Easter, we'll be doing a whole series of teaching on relational wisdom. We want to keep learning as a church what it really means to express our faith in Jesus by our love for others and our love especially for those in the household of God. So these are some of the things God's been working on us, but it's not, it's not for no purpose. It's because he has a future house intended for us. I, I honestly get excited when I think about this. You see, we, we went multi-site as a church in a sense when I was very young. I grew up in this church, as you know, started it when I was four years old. And we, in the 1980s, went to five sites just for a year or so. It was a very short time. We tried it. We did a kind of multi-site prototype. And it was helpful. We learned a few things and went back to one site. And then 2011, right through till now, we've been two sites, three sites, four sites, five sites. We've gone back to four sites for now as the race course came back into to Clarendon Centre. And then we had COVID. And we all came back to no sites, although we're going to start start gathering again in the new year again, which is exciting. But what I want to tell you is that we feel stirred that God has given us this season, this year, this opportunity to prepare us for the future, for multi-site 3.0, let's call it that. All the things that we learned this last 10 years, why have we learned them? Why have we learned them so that, so that we can start again in a fresh way? We want to grow in our capacity to do church with Jesus at the centre on mission in this city. He's called us to something far greater. The latter house will be far more glorious than the former house. He's planning something so good. His purposes for us are so good. And as the book of Hebrews says, the discipline that we go through is not pleasant at a time. It's not, it's not relaxing, this is the, the way that he says it in his letter. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. God is working in us for peaceful, wonderful, precious fruit in years to come. I wonder what God's going to do in 2021 and beyond. As things get back to normal, whatever that is, I can't wait to see the way that God leads us. And we as a team of leaders are praying, we're dreaming, we're getting excited about the kind of church that we're going to be called to be, how Jesus will lead us and speak to us and guide us, how we will start new things, how we will reach out to the city, how we will become the church that we are meant to be, but more effectively for this season of hibernation and preparation and launch into a new expansive and fruitful season. I want to show you a video of Mike's word, this prophetic word, this prophecy that he shared with the elders. I want you to see it yourself and start to think about this future that we're sharing. Let's watch it now. I'm transported back to the plot, back to the place where I grew up. For years it awaited a purpose until a house was built on its surface. Soon the house became a home, to a family it became known. But its foundations were shaken, unstable at the core, so they waited until it could be restored. Flocking to another place, just across the street, it was here they'd patiently wait, it was here they'd provisionally meet. Watching at the destruction ahead, tremors shook them as they went to bed. Peering over the pain at the progress being made, foundations became deeper, 
each brick carefully relayed. This is our temporary residence, as we wait for God to take precedence. Although we're missing home, let him be seated at the throne. He's building better, growing deeper, rising up some new leaders. The blueprints were set, old and outdated. What we believe has now faded. He's bringing something new so that we can build again, so high and so wide it can't be missed. An open space to fulfill our purpose. Helping to bring people back to God. Helping to bring people back to the one where his glory is reflected, where it all started, back where we belong. That we would be rooted in our city as a light that shall be seen. It's here in the Bible, Matthew 5:16. Let us not hide in this time of renewal, but prepare to shine bright as we begin to refuel. These are stirring words. Uh, they describe for us, just by a few prophetic glimpses, a kind of future that, in my case for sure, it motivates. <laughs> it, it drives, it, it, it makes me want to push forward into destiny. We have, as a church together, we have a wonderful story. We have quite a story. I've had the privilege of being part of it since I was four years old. And for about 15 years, been holding that privileged position of being at the heart of it, steering the thing with an amazing team of people. But I want you to know, I. I'm excited now like I was 15 years ago. I'm stirred. I believe with all my heart that the future for us is powerfully inspiring. It's so exciting. Who knows what God has for us? I'm not saying it very well. I'm out of practice. My preaching has, has got a bit rusty, but you get my heart. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. Even this coming year, as we come out of the various lockdowns, gradually, slowly resuming some of the ways and opportunities that we've known in years gone by. I believe God's leading us into a, a bit of a new way of being Emmanuel. We've got the same convictions, the same passions, the same values bolted through us like a stick of rock. We, we know who we are, but the, the world we're going into is a bit different. And who knows how it will be different? Well, Jesus does, and he leads the church. So we're very excited about what he's gonna do. The way that he leads us is partly by us praying. We get to be with him, talk to him, listen to him. Join us as we pray together. Please make it a priority. We're going to do a 10-day block of praying at the start of the year, 4th of January. Think about it now. Get it blocked out now. We'll have sets of meetings in the diary. We'll pray together. Please join us on those occasions. I'll just close in prayer now. Father, thank you for your son. Thank you for his tireless zeal that he continues, he purposefully continues with passion to see to it that the mission he was called to achieve is accomplished. And we are his people and he leads us on as a giant captain, a great leader. So we pray for his spirit to fill us, stir up our hearts, stir up our spirits, help us to be involved in the construction of this glorious house. For your name, amen.